Alright guys, how are you guys feeling tonight? Man, that was really good. The worship was super good. Praying for Stephen was good. The skits were cute. Oh, it was good. And God has more for tonight, amen? And I just see that you guys, like, compared to yesterday, like last night, your faces are different. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Is that because uh, you didn't wash up or something? But <laughs> you guys look different. It's really good to see that uh, countenance change. Tonight, I'm going to preach a really, really short sermon. How many of you, how many of you guys like that? Short sermon, right? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, prepared a lot of stuff to say, but then I feel like God's presence is going to just do it all. I don't have to say much. So I'm just going to get to the point and let you guys just get blasted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It's very short. Let me just read it for you guys. It says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you hear the word freedom, what comes to your mind? Freedom. If I ask David, okay, you, you did this, okay? If you hear the word freedom, what gesture will go with it the best? Like the body language or gesture. Just do it for us. Freedom. freedom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Is that normal? Okay. <laughs> Let me choose someone else. Rona? Rona? Freedom. Go for it. No, you're together. All right, okay, all right, all right, Rona, thank you. <laughs> She's a little off too, but <laughs> that's fine. When I hear the word freedom, the first thing that comes to my mind is the movie Shawshank Redemption. And then there's a scene where the main character comes out of the prison cell, and he breaks out, and he says, freedom in the rain. You guys remember the scene? It's both hands, okay? I can't just do it right now, but like it's both hands. And that scene just comes to my mind. You know, I mean, people don't do, like, freedom. People don't do freedom, you know. It's not about being all cute, or, you know, like, freedom. I don't, I, I don't think that really suits it. I think freedom suits this the most. Like, both hands is raised high. Like, hey, one is doing at the back. Like, freedom. So I, wanna, I want you guys to all to do it. So everyone scream freedom and do the motion. One, two, three, go. Freedom! Come on. Yeah, that's freedom right there. Wow, that looks really good. You know, I think the reason why freedom comes with that kind of emotion, I think it symbolizes that there's nothing holding you down. There's nothing holding you back. Like there's no chain attached to you, and you are free to raise your both hands and both legs maybe. You can jump maybe. You are not bound by anything. There's nothing that could like restrict you. You know, you can just go all free, both hands and both legs. That's why it just symbolizes freedom. You know, you are not bound by anything. Now, we talked about past. We talked about lies, fear, sin, shame, addiction, everything, fear of people. I talked about a lot of those heavy stuff, but you are not bound by anything. That's what freedom is all about. I mean, you know, people worship, you know, with their both hands raised. You guys seen that? Today, a lot of people actually broke into the new level of freedom. You know, yesterday, man, we were interceding. I was interceding at the back when you guys were worshiping. 
Some of you were like, like this. <laughs> Some of you were just not interested, you know, not feeling it. But then today I saw a lot of people just raising their hands in just freedom and asking for more. And I thought it was so beautiful. It was because there was a greater level of freedom that was released into this room before I even preached this message. You know, when I first came to church as a non-believer, I grew up like as a just... Not, my parents were just not religious at all. So I grew up in Busan. I had never been to church before. The first time stepping into the church ever, it was New Philly. So back, back in the days though, 2005, it was JSCM. So I walked into the church and people were about to just worship. And I had no greed for whatsoever, like worship, praise, like no greed for religion at all. I just walked in and, um, I sat down, and then the praise leader guy came on stage and then told us to all rise up. So we, we all stood up, and then they started singing, and then I see this guy, like, in the corner of my eye, he raised his hand like this, and I genuinely thought he had a question. <laughs> and then no one paid attention to him. And I see another dude over there, I see another sister over there raising their hands, even both hands. And I was so shocked. Oh my gosh, this, these people are just crazy. What are they thinking? Who are they waving at? (laughs) What is this all about? You know, who are they talking to? Who are they communicating to right now? You know, I was just really shocked. Later on, I learned that raising hands, it means, yes, I surrender to you, God. I hope you guys know that when you do that, (laughs) you know, I surrender to you. But it also means I exalt you. I lift your name up. Exalt you, God. And also, it's like a little kid. I want to reach you. Like we sang today, you know, we want more of you. We want to reach you. That's an action of, God, I'm reaching for you, so come touch me. Hold my hand kind of action. And, you know, it's also excitement. If you guys go to, like, a football game, what do you do? Yeah, you trip for your team. It's excitement. When they win, you're going to all go crazy, I know. You know, you're going to raise up both hands. You're going to jump up and down. It's the excitement of victory as well. But at the same time, it's the expression of just freedom. There's nothing holding me back. Nothing holding me down. You guys, do, do, do freedom one more time. One, two, three, go. Freedom! <laughs> oh, wow. It's like a Sunday school. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, think about life of freedom. Life that's unbound by anything. Life that's unlimited. Like Pastor John Michael a little bit talked about this. Life that is so free that it's unstoppable. Think about that. Unbound by no one, by nothing. Think about that unlimited life for eternity, life of freedom. And I'm standing here confessing to you guys with confidence that I'm living a life of freedom. And I have no, nothing, I'm not lying. I really genuinely can say that I'm uh, living a life of freedom. I'm preaching, by the way. (laughs) You know, But then my life, like I shared yesterday, was not an easy life. It was tough. I've been through some stuff. I mean, I've gone through some tough stuff. But then now the reason why I'm able to stand here telling you guys that, man, this is just life of freedom in Christ Jesus. It's all because Holy Spirit just led me through that journey of reaching the freedom. And I'm here to preach to you guys that that's what you have access for right here tonight. Man, 
Pastor John Michael, I mean, me and him, we didn't talk about what we were going to preach on. So basically, we didn't coordinate anything. And when he preached this morning, I felt like, wow, he's really like going deeper, like taking it to another level. Exactly what I preached last night, he was just taking, he was running with it. Did you guys sense that? If you paid attention, I'm pretty sure you picked it up too. And I was like, wow, John Michael, it's one spirit right there. You know, I was really excited about it. And then I believe that God was setting it up for you guys to experience the Holy Spirit tonight. You know, it's all set up. I mean, me and John Michael didn't, but God set you guys up for this, for tonight. I mean, I came in as a non-believer and I got saved on that. And then I'm going to just tell you about my journey with the Holy Spirit and how that led me to this life of freedom that I'm living out right now. My first encounter with the Holy Spirit was uh, a pastor named Pastor James. Pastor James is a guy who preaches like, if you don't believe in Jesus, he preaches like that, like this kind of voice, like volume, like 10 times louder than this. He just speaks into the mic. His English is like so gangster. He was like straight out of the prison cell. And then he got converted in the prison. And then he would just preach the fire of the Holy Spirit everywhere he went to. So he came to JSCM, my church. And then uh, he just basically brought the Holy Spirit aspect to our church. And I was just shocked. I had no grit for it, right? And then when Pastor James made an altar call, I didn't even know why I stood up. But I just stood up. I don't know why I'm standing up. I went to the front and I was just waiting there. And then Pastor James just prayed for me. And bam, I went down. And then I was just bawling my eyes out. I mean, I had all these issues going on, but the Holy Spirit knew exactly what I needed to hear. Sermon wasn't about inner healing at all. Sermon wasn't about, you know, letting your past go. It had nothing to do with it. It was, he was just yelling the whole time. I couldn't understand half of it. But then, I mean, regardless of what he preached, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. I mean, even tonight, I was praying for you guys downstairs, trying to get ready for my sermon tonight. And I was like, man, I'm missing out, uh, missing out on the skits right now. But I had to, you know, prepare. And I was asking the Lord, God, what do I have to say to these students? What do they need to hear? You know, what do they need in their soul? And God was like, I mean, there are about 50 students here. And there needs to be 50, about 50 different sermons to meet all your different needs. And I was like, I can't do that, God. <laughs> it's going to take all night. You know, I don't want to do that. And he said, just preach the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's going to take care of it all. Like when I needed to hear something, preacher will come and preach the Holy Spirit. And he will just speak to me directly, like one-on-one sermon. You know, I didn't have to wait for a preacher to come and deliver the exact message. Sometimes that happens. But when I face all of you guys dealing with all these different things, coming from all these different backgrounds, and I felt like Holy Spirit just said, just preach, preach from, like, preach Holy Spirit, and he will do the work. And just watch me work in them. So, man, you guys got to let him speak to you tonight. I mean, it's not Myung Choi show, okay? It's not about me tonight. It's really, I mean, if you want to hear a nice speech, just go to TED Talk and then just, you can just download it and listen to videos, whatever. You know, I'm not here to impress you guys tonight. I'm not here to make it all about me. It's really all about what Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. So all you have to do is open up your hearts. Open up your hearts and just... Yeah, just let him speak to you through whatever I say. But this Pastor James, and then what was going on in my heart was fire. This fire was just purging my heart. And I just couldn't stop crying. I was crying like a baby, like for like three hours. That, that service was like four hours long, by the way. And I was just crying for like three hours. I didn't even know what was going on. But then afterwards, I felt freedom. And then God showed me for the first time a vision of... um. 
I told you guys about my Wangta story last night, right? Amen. He brought me back to the memory of uh, getting bullied by all these students. And there was the particular day, my entire school, it was a lunch break time, and the entire school gathered around my desk. I'm not even exaggerating. Like 300 girls gathered in their school uniforms. And they all came to just watch uh, my friends just bully me, right? And then they were like all up in my face or, you know, doing this to me, you know, so demoralizing, right? They were doing this to me, and then they were like cursing at me, and then the entire school was just watching and mocking me, right? And God took me back to that memory. That's like the worst day of my life. It's the day that I do not want to go back. He took me back to that memory, and what I see was completely different. So when God, God took me back to that memory, I was sitting down on my desk, and I, I, my face was down, obviously. I was holding a book. I wasn't reading it. I just needed something to look at while all those students were just harassing me. So I was holding a book in reality, and then um, in the vision, I saw Jesus' eyes right here, his face right here. And then basically he was, um, this is my desk right here, it's my face. He was squatting like a kimchi squat. He was squatting and then holding, holding the table, holding my desk, and he was just facing me and comforting me. He was empathizing with me. He said, I'm here with you. Do not be afraid. I'm here with you. And when I heard that, when I saw that, wow, when I thought I was completely alone, when everyone abandoned me, when everyone forsook me, all my friends left me, when I thought completely, wow, I'm alone, I just need to die. In that moment, Jesus was there with me. Man, that vision just totally set me free. You know, when you have a really bad memory, when Jesus enters that, it's a completely new memory built right there. It doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, all the world, the whole world could be against me. It doesn't matter anymore. My Lord and Savior was there with me. My best friend was there for me. He was my lover. When I didn't even know him, he was there for me. You know, the healing was just going on. And, and you know, I told you a message you had nothing to do with it. But Holy Spirit was just speaking directly to my heart and just performing the surgery in my heart. You know, and then that happened. That was my first encounter with him ever. And then I ended up somehow going on a missions trip with the same Pastor James. I was scared. <laughs> and um, so we went to Nepal together. It was my first time. You know, it was my second mission trip. I was a newbie. We went on uh, this trip together, and he's hardcore. He prays 24-7. Like, he prays throughout his sleep. Can you imagine that? He, he claims to pray through the whole night but i don't know i didn't see it so but then he's like a really like prayerful man of god and then when we were there pastor james we were just eating curry you know we we're just eating curry together i was kind of scared around him and he says he looks into my eyes and he says you i'm gonna get you tonight holy spirit got you tonight gather the team into room whatever and then come gather the team i was like what does that even mean? <laughs> Holy Spirit's got you tonight. And then my friend was eating with me, right? Her name's Tahe. And then she's a Korean native girl too. And then Tahe was like, oh, oh, oh. And then he was like, you come with her. So both of us got called into his room, right? And then the whole team gathered. And then Pastor James was like ready to do whatever he had to do. And then he sat us down on, on like, we all sat down. We're like curious what was going to happen. And Pastor James goes, I'm going to release a uh, gift of tongue to you right now. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he goes, doesn't matter. 
And he did like a five minute teaching on it, you know, what the gift of tongues is, and he briefly explained what happened in the Pentecost. He just gave a five minute, like, brief summary of it. And I was like, I don't know if I want it. And my friend was actually dozing off. Tahe has that, like, he's kind of a narc, narcoleptic, whatever I say. She falls asleep anywhere and everywhere. So she was basically like dozing off like this. Just five minutes of teaching, all right? She couldn't stand it. So she was like dozing off, doing like head banging stuff. And I was like, wake up, girl. <laughs> and the whole team was just watching us, right? Just praying, interceding for us. And then what happened was he was like, all right, t- enough teaching. And then he just went for it. He just grabbed my head. And he was like, shaka He just went for it, right? And then immediately I felt this like a balloon kind of thing. I felt like something was just getting bigger and bigger, and it popped. That's how I felt in my heart. Like something was getting bigger, 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 and then it just popped. And then my mouth opened up, and I was speaking some weird stuff, like shit or whatever, you know? So the I received the gift of tongue just like that. I don't know how that happened. I had no understanding. I didn't even want it. But then I just received it, right? And then I and then he went for Taiha too. I was like dozing off. He was like, huh? And then he just went for it. <laughs> you just woke up, I don't care. <laughs> he just went for it and then she, she got it too. Like, right? After that sweet nap, you know, she just woke up and she was like, Shalalalakaya. And it was like hilarious, you know? The Holy Spirit didn't even care. When she was dozing off, I don't care. I'm just gonna release it, you know? Such an interesting experience. And I have to be honest, I didn't use the gift of tongue for a while because I really didn't know what that was about. But then later on, I realized, man, I really needed it for my ministry and God really just had to equip me then and there. It was just that golden opportunity for God to just really release that gift to me, you know? So that was another hilarious story. Man, if you were there, you would laugh out loud. My team was like dying, just laughing, just because of Tahe. <laughs> You know, that was 2007. So I was getting, my eyes were opening up to spiritual warfare that Pastor John Michael talked about a little bit today. My eyes were opening up to spiritual reality, you know, the whole like spiritual battle and everything. But then um, I had this secret sin in my life. The secret stuff that I wouldn't tell anyone. I was actually bulimia. I was bulimic for six years. I was really bad. Uh, it started when I was a non-believer, high school, first year. I got an idea watching a Korean TV show that was dealing with it, like a social issue, bulimia. And then I, I got an idea. Oh, that's a good idea. You could eat all you want and you could just throw up. Wow. Don't get any ideas, girls. All right. And boys. <laughs> but like, I watched it and I was like, oh, that sounds really good. And I just adopted it, you know, and then I just had a really heavy, heavy dinner and I just went to the toilet and I just threw up. And I didn't know I was putting myself under a bondage. So at the beginning, I thought I was controlling my weight. I was controlling my uh, the way I look. I thought I had control over it because I could choose to eat. I could choose to throw up. But then later on, I realized it had control over me. Later on, I became a slave to it. And then my will could not break out of it. It got really bad that three years into it, I got saved. And then three more years, I had to live with it. And I couldn't tell any of my church people because I was afraid they would judge me. And I was afraid that when people find out that it's just, it was just shame, a lot of shame, and I was just struggling with it. I, my roommate didn't know about it. My best friends didn't know about it. And I will always have to lie about my scar because when you, when you do a lot of throwing and vomiting, you get a huge scar on your hand because you poke your throat a lot. 
Uh, I had huge bloody scar on my hand, and no one knew. No one knew that I had the secret struggle, you know, in in my own bathroom, you know. And um, Holy Spirit started to really just convict my heart. You know, you cannot live like this forever, cause I was harming my body. I was losing my voice every single day, cause um, and I yeah, I was really bad. It was really bad. Um, I would throw up like five different times a day. I thought I was the ugliest girl in the world. I was genuinely convinced that, man, I have to live with this forever. Because my mind was under the bondage that I'm so ugly. Without it, I'm going to get so much bigger. No one's going to love me. No one's going to be my friends. I just live with that strange lie, right? But then, um, yeah, so I had to, I thought I had to live with it. And then it got to the point where I was so hungry for deliverance. I was so hungry for freedom because I knew I couldn't live a normal life. You know, I will eat out, you know, with friends and I'll, ha- I'll have to go to the bathroom to throw up. And I will always have to lie to my friends and stuff. And I knew, man, I cannot live like this. And I knew God was watching me and he was there for me. But then it's just, I just couldn't break out of it. You know, it was just a bondage over me almost felt like I was like a puppet and then demon was controlling me. Got to the point where um, I would be praying out loud, God, help me. I'll be crying out loud, holding the toilet, like throwing out at the same time. Like, God, I need your help. Deliver me. Save me out of this. God, I need you. I'll be crying out, but at the same time, I'll be throwing up. You know, it was misery. Life was miserable. I mean, everything else was going fine, but then I knew, man, my life cannot be. I cannot live like this. So I decided to confess my sin to Pastor Erin. Back then, it was she was just uh, just one of the leaders. She, she was just Erin Unni, right? So I went to Erin Unni, and I confessed my sin to her. Erin Unni, I struggle with bulimia. This is what I do. I have a lot of shame, but I feel like I cannot... I can never be free from this. So basically, I told her, I don't think it's possible for me to live without it. So just try to help me, like minimize it. That was my mindset. Because I was so set on just living with it. Because I knew, I just totally was convinced that freedom was not for me. It was just impossible. I mean, I do it like five to ten times a day. How can I be ever free from this? And now my mind was set on just living with it. And then how can I minimize it? And then Pastor Aaron goes, Erin Unni goes, she was like, no, there's freedom for you. Jesus can set you free from this. I mean, not, no crazy manifestation, all the shaking, falling, nothing happened. It was just heart-to-heart conversation that we had. And at the end of it, but I could sense the Holy Spirit was convicting my heart. He was doing something in my heart. That deep desire for freedom, man, I want to live without it. I want to live without it. I want to believe that I am beautiful. I want to believe that I'm made in God's image. I mean, that desire was so big. And I God was just doing something, stirring. And then she just did quick prayer over me. It wasn't like crazy exorcism, you know, spirit of bulimia, leaf, nothing like that. <laughs> she just prayed, man, you're, God, like she prayed over you guys, your violent love, your love that is so much stronger. And she just prayed this simple prayer over me. And I kid you not, that was it. My bulimia never came back. That was a night of freedom. I did not know. You know, but it was because she had the faith that I didn't have for myself. And I couldn't believe, but she had the faith for me. And I think I just, by God's grace, I just ran on it. You know, you got to believe the truth to be the truth in your life. You know, 
you know, I talked about claiming the truth, you know. Knowing it will not set you free. But you just got to claim that. You got to believe that. You know, I think that's exactly what happened when I believed it just set me free. And I never went back to it. Goodbye, toilet. You know, I, I only use you for proper purposes now. <laughs> you know? Man, deliverance. After that, man, my f- sense of freedom exploded. Can I just say that? Extreme joy just flew into my life. I never worshipped like that before in my entire life. For the first time, I was able to jump up and down. I couldn't before because I felt like all my fat were just dancing with me. You know, I just couldn't do it because uh, I just felt so embarrassed for it. You know, I felt like the floor was going to collapse or something. And the way I saw myself completely changed. I would look into my... And I was, you know, I'll be walking. I look at my reflection. I would just stop. Man, I look good. <laughs> Seriously, the way, the way I saw myself completely changed. I thought I was the ugliest girl in the world. I'm for, for real. I, I hated myself. And I was tempted to do so many different things on my face and on my body and all that. But then when I, you know, nowadays, here and there, I look into the mirror and I say, man, I'm... I'm pretty good looking. <laughs> you know? Girls, you need to experience that. If you don't know that you're beautiful, let me tell you this. When you, when you get a boyfriend, fiance, or husband, and he tells you that you are the most beautiful girl in the world, you're not going to believe him. You're not going to believe him. You know, you got to be convinced that you are the most beautiful girl in the world. Don't, you don't have to say that out loud. <laughs> you just got to believe I'm made in God's image. I love, I like the way I am. Brother is the same way, you know. Even if your girlfriend tells you, oh, you're so mushy, so whatever, you're not going to believe it because you're not convinced, you know. you got to hear that from the Lord. You are made in God's image. You are perfect the way you are. You are beautiful the way you are. You just got to be convinced, you know, by the Lord. And then you got to look at your own reflection and be just marveled, you know. Whoa, <laughs> who's this? <laughs> you know, that's exactly what happened to me. And extreme joy came with it extreme joy do you guys know that joy is a serious business to the lord do you guys know that god is not all serious and somber you know sitting on his throne like looking at you with the judgmental look what are you doing god's not like that he's all about joy you know the throne room the bible describes it's full of joy there's dancing and singing going on 24 7 for eternity god is a joyful god when you you know, when Satan comes, when the devil comes and steals that joy away from you, guys, you gotta be alert. You, you got, you gotta notice, man, I'm getting attacked. When you get anxious, you gotta notice, man, someone's coming and stealing my joy away. There's a problem. When you feel depressed, there's something going wrong with that. You know? It's not normal for you to be depressed. It's not normal for you to feel sad all the time. Cause God made you in His image and you're full of joy. You know, little kids, they laugh all the time. You know why? Because they're full of joy and they're not, the joy is not stolen away yet. You know, and all these lies come in and then they make you depressed. You know, it's not normal. God is all about joy. It's serious business of His. He wants you to be joyful in Him. He wants you to be loud in, in worship. You know, because you're just filled with joy. You cannot contain it. You just got to do something about it. Dancing and singing is all serious business in the kingdom. I'm just loving it right now. <laughs> you know, God cares about your joy. 
He wants you to be filled with joy. And let me tell you this. When, when the stronghold, the bondage gets taken away, God replaces it with joy. He replaces it with his grace. You know, he replaces it with his presence. You know, you feel like you cannot live without it. No, if you're like struggling with like some kind of addiction that I had, you know, like believe me, it's kind of addiction. It's like a mental disease. People label it that way, but it's just a stronghold. It's addiction. If you have like addiction to drugs or like, smoking and different things, you feel like, man, how, where am I going to find pleasure without this? But then God is saying, man, I'm going to fill you up with my joy. So don't worry about letting it go. You're not going to be bored. You're going to get something better. You just haven't tasted something better than the, that stupid cigarette. <laughs> you know, you just haven't tasted something better than that. But there is something way better than your addiction. You just got to taste it. And you're going to want it so badly. Man, God just filled me with his joy. And my worship has never been the same. And I love Pastor John Michael's message this morning. He talked about dreaming. Freedom to dream. And I'm all about that. Free to dream. Free to follow your destiny. You know what really blessed me uh, last year? God really spoke to me that there is something that God will not do without me. There is a destiny that is for me that has my name on. There is an assignment that has my name tag on. And this is Myung-Hwa's. And I want her to fulfill it. There's assignment. There's a destiny that's labeled with your name. This is Joseph's thing. He's got to do it. No one else. I do not want anyone else to do it. That's Jehi's job. I want her to do it. And then there's that destiny upon your life. You can call it perfect will of the Lord. Perfect will of God. And freedom to follow that perfect destiny that is for you you guys have no idea how exciting that is the thrill of discovering his perfect will for my life man just imagine that if it's hard to imagine like thrill of finding your perfect spouse like does it make it any better (laughs) you know the thrill of discovering man that's the perfect will for my life from the lord you know and walking on that journey you know without falling into all these different little trails, you know, just following the path that God has set for your life. That is so exciting. And um, I, similar to Pastor John Michael's story, I also uh, have heart for missions. And uh, God started to reveal that when I was junior in college. And then I decided to really pursue that. I really wanted to do God's work ministry. Um. I had a lot of limitations. My English was not as good. And I really didn't know what to do with my life, basically. I mean, I was, you know, working on my degree, English teaching degree. And then that's like a perfect job. You know, a lot of Korean women, they consider like English teachers the best job, you know, in Korea, whatever. And my parents made me do it. So I, you know, I was studying that. I was about to graduate. And I, you know, that's pretty decent life, you know, being an English teacher in Korea, making you know, regular paycheck and the raising kids. It's not too bad. But then I had this burning passion for missions. I knew I was made for nations. And I knew there's something greater, something better for me, you know. And, um, but then there was a lot of, like, hindrances. And um, so I started praying my junior year in college, uh, senior year. So my last year in college, I started praying for three specific things. And I said, God, if you really want me to do this, number one, God, 
I need money for seminary. If for me to do ministry, I need to go to seminary and get my degree. At least in Korea, it's like that. So I need money for seminary. And second thing, I need housing because my hometown is Busan and I was living in Seoul. So God, I need a house. And the third thing I said was, God, even if I do ministry, I don't want to leave my church. I love my church too much. You know, New Philly, I don't want to leave New Philly. So those three things, I particularly prayed for those three things for entire year. And then one semester passed by, nothing happened. All my friends were getting jobs. They were getting interviews. They were becoming English teachers, whatever. I was the only one who was not set on a, a, a set journey, you know. And I felt really insecure about it, but I just was determined to just trust in the Lord. God, you have something better for me. I'm just going to wait. And then summer, summer vacation passed by. Nothing happened. My last semester came, and then I was praying, 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 praying. Nothing happened. And then I finished my uh, finals. Semester ended, basically. That Sunday, I came to church. I was crying out, like, God, where are you? <laughs> you know you know that, like, God crying, like, oh, Lord, where are you? I've been praying all year. Are you listening to me? I was frustrated. God, are you there? You know, didn't you give me this dream to pursue this? And God, I, I mean, I was frustrated. God, I, I don't know about this. I was just crying all throughout the service. At toward the end of the service, Pastor Christian comes up, grabs the mic. He says this, we're going to start something new this year. And he says, we're going to start a new program called Intern Pastor Program. And he says, number one, we're going to send you, whoever applies and gets it, we will send you to Torch Trinity Seminary for free. We'll cover your books. We'll cover your tuition, free education, number one. Number two, he said, we'll provide housing. We'll get your house. Number three, you will be serving as an intern pastor in New Philadelphia Church. Three things. I was like, God, are you kidding me? God, are you kidding me? Why couldn't you do it before I cried all that? You know? <laughs> but no, no, no. Just kidding. I was like, oh my gosh, that's for me. I was weeping and weeping all throughout the announcement again. I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. And you know what was so funny? Pastor Christian said, if you have to pray about it for three weeks, forget it. That's exactly what he said. If you have to pray about it for like entire week, forget it. It's not you. I mean, if you know that it's you today, today's the, I mean, the, he, you know, that's the only application day. Basically, he said, I'm gonna, we're going to close the application today. You know, it was first time announcing it, but it's, it, it's due today. So if you are sure, apply. If you're not sure, don't do it. But I knew, oh, that's me. So I applied right away. I got it. And that's how I began my ministry before my graduation, before my graduation. <laughs> that was important. All right. My parents, my parents would have flipped out on me, you know, if I didn't have a set job, you know, that's how I entered into my destiny. Perfect will of the father. And I knew cause he confirmed it in a miraculous, like a divine way. You know, he provided everything. And I felt that it was his joy to do that. You know, it's not because I begged for it. It's because he, it was his pleasure to give it to me. Here is my perfect path that I prepared for you and now walk on it. It's so thrilling. It's so crazy. There's nothing like this. Finding out your destiny in the Lord, there's no other feeling like this. Man, I cannot express it with words, but there's nothing like it. Like seriously, when you find uh, wow, this is my path. Like, I'll prepare it for me. It's for my, if for me to walk, no one else. That intern pastor position was not for anyone else. It was for me. God created it just for me, you know? 
When you find that out, oh my goodness, there's nothing that feels better than that. And I want to invite all of you to start start walking into that. Now, the thrill of knowing, man, God has something so particular, so unique just for me. Something that has my name on it. It's so much bigger than you think. So much bigger than you think. You know, all this to say that, so, you know, that intern pastor entering into into pastorship, that's like three years ago. So now I graduated and all that. But, man, my life is so good. One thing missing is the husband. <laughs> I would mean, if you know someone really good, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pastor is just grieved right there, <laughs> shaking her head. But um, yeah, there's nothing missing. My life is like just so full of freedom. It's only because I trusted in him and his spirit just set me free gradually. You see, you know, healing happened. You see, deliverance happened. You see, like God was leading me on this journey. It's not like an overnight thing, but he leads you on. And so many times we think that, man, I'm ho- I have to hold on to God. You know, I have to like really like get dragged by him. You, almost the image that you get is I got to hold on to him or else I'm going to lose him. But that the clear picture that you got to get in your mind is that his grip is, on, grip is on you. He's holding your hand. You think you are holding his ginormous hand like this and then you're so afraid that you're going to lose him? No, God has his grip on you. He's leading you on, you know. So if you feel like you're relying on your own strength to follow him, you got to get the picture out of your head. It's really God is leading you on. And that he desires the perfect path for you. You know, there's no anxiety when you just follow the loving father. He's not dragging you. He's not pushing you. He's not going to force you to go to Africa when you have no desire for it. You know, everyone has that fear, you know, oh, if I commit my life to Christ, he's going to send me to Africa as a missionary, you know. It's like everyone thinks that way. <laughs> She's from Africa, right? But I'm, that's not what's going to happen. He's leading you on. He's a loving daddy. He's patient with you, you know. Man, all I have to say is this. Once you taste the freedom, you cannot go back. You cannot go back. Once you find that freedom to dream, freedom to follow him, freedom to walk on the perfect path, freedom to walk on your destiny, once you taste that, you cannot go back. I don't want bulimia anymore. Come on, I want, I want to enjoy my food. And I do enjoy my food, you know? I don't want that anymore, you know? Oh my goodness, I cannot, I do not want to go back. You think, man... My life is pretty decent. It's because you just haven't tasted something better. It's because your appetite hasn't come back yet. But once you taste the freedom, you cannot go back to the crappy food that you've been eating for years. It's just that good. Do you guys want that? Man, it's already started. God has released so much freedom into this room. And I know he's going to take it to another level right now. So I want to invite up the worship team. Uh, Pastor John. Man, Pastor John just rocked it tonight. He just rocked it tonight. Come on. Oh. John, we're just going to sing a song. One of the songs that we sang today. And I want you guys to get ready for that river of freedom that's coming into this room. I want you guys to enjoy it.